We are so blessed to have Jesus, to be able to follow Jesus. And Jesus' love for us knows no bounds. It extends into every single part of our life. And there's one part of our life, a common human experience, that he wants to teach us about. And that is the experience of temptation. While some of the intellectuals of the world would try to convince us that the devil is a myth, Jesus would not have us be in the dark or naive about the devil and these other fallen angels who exalted themselves above God and his plan in their fall. And now out of hatred for God and hatred and envy toward us, they want to bring us down. They want to break into our lives and to steal the baptismal heritage that you and I have been given in our baptism. We must continually be convinced and know that in God and in God's will is our whole good, the good of your life and mine, our human life, the good of eternal life, of heaven, the good of knowing our true and deepest identity as a child of God and the great joy and confidence that comes from that, the good of knowing our ultimate purpose and mission in life that brings so much fulfillment and peace, the good of wisdom that bathes everything in a clear light so that you and I can be clear on what truly is good and what is evil. This is why the devil tempts us, because God is source of all this good, and death, Satan wants to separate us from this source and to rob us of all these blessings. And so he tempts. And this is why Jesus wants to teach us this most important lesson of discipleship so that we will know how to engage this spiritual battle, that we will know how to defend ourselves. And he even wants to give us the weapons, the spiritual weapons that we will wield to protect ourselves from temptation. Jesus wants to spare us of the harm and the misery, both temporal and eternal, that can come to one who gives in to temptation. And so he himself, he allowed himself to be tempted. He leads the way and teaches by his example what you and I are to do.
So as we see from both the first reading and the gospel, the temptation often comes in the form of a suggestion or a proposal. And it even sounds like our own thoughts. And by this suggestion and proposal, the devil wants us to question and to rethink what God has revealed about what is good and what is evil. Because in the end, he wants us, like him, to think for ourselves. We don't need God. Choose your own path, your way of happiness and fulfillment. Do it yourself. You don't need God. This is always the great lie hidden in every temptation. So let us take some clear examples of what these suggestions may take in our life so that we can be clear of the enemy that we are facing here. For example, another glass of wine isn't going to hurt. Go ahead. Go ahead, click on that picture on the website. Aren't you curious? You can take that package of notepads from the office supply room home to your kids. No one's going to miss them. It's okay to sleep with your girlfriend. Everyone's doing it. It must be okay. No one appreciates you, so you might as well throw a pity party and get back at them. You need this to be happy, so buy it. You're too busy for Mass, and this is more important. It's really no big deal to miss Mass. And after all you've done today and all that you've suffered, you are entitled to five brownies and half a gallon of ice cream. And while you're at it, just throw in that jumbo Dr. Pepper. These are just some examples. And notice that another tactic, not only does the devil want to separate us from God, but he also wants to separate us from the means that keep us close to God, like thinking mass is no big deal, or delaying our going to confession, or making us too busy that we have no time to pray. This is another tactic. Another thing we should know about temptation is that we can be tempted from without, but unlike Jesus, we can also be tempted from within because of the inclination to sin that you and I have within us. For example, you and I have an inclination to pride, to anger, to impatience, to vainglory, we have a fallen tendency within us toward selfishness in the pleasures and the goods of this world. We have a tendency toward greed 
with regard to the material things that we use. And what's important to know also about temptation is that the devil tempts us in the place where we already have desires for the good things of this world. He tempts us in those places of desire. For example, you and I have a desire for the good of knowledge, to know the truth, and that's good. We have a desire for love, for happiness. We have a desire for food, for drink, for rest, and for sex. We have a desire for justice and many other things. And God made these things good for our use. But the devil, by his suggestion, and the twist by putting a lion there, wants us to put ourselves and any of these good things in the place of God. He wants us to love ourselves or whatever this object is, more than God, to make them into idols. This is why the Scripture speaks so much about idols. And here in America, we are a country of idols. And if we are going to become again a nation under God and enjoy the blessings of God, we are going to have to deal and face honestly our idols and to smash them before the altar of God as they sometimes did in the Old Testament, figuratively speaking. Hi, Claire. She just had her birthday yesterday. She's one years old. Now, what are the means to fight and resist temptation. Jesus teaches us by this gospel, he went into the desert to fast and to pray. My dear friends, prayer is one of the most important activities in our life because by ourselves, we are not more powerful than the devil. We cannot overcome him by our own efforts. By prayer, we lean on God. We lean on the strength of God who is with us to defend us in these moments. Another tool, another weapon is fasting. When I scratch whatever itches, my capacity to choose what is good becomes weakened when I just give in to every desire and craving. But as I exercise self-discipline and self-denial, when I fast, I'm strengthening my will to make better choices, to be stronger, to choose against evil. And then, did you notice that every time Jesus was tempted... He defended himself with the truth, the truth from revelation, from Scripture. When St. Paul talks about the armor of God, 
in the sixth chapter of Ephesians, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, and the boots of the gospel of peace. Many of those pieces of armor have to do with the truth. And how are we going to defend ourselves and wield the sword of truth if we don't know the Bible? If we spend so little time trying to know and understand the Word of God, how can I defend myself as Jesus did if I don't have this piece of armor with me at all times? The reason why so many Christians are losing the battle, the spiritual warfare, is because we get up in the morning and leave our homes without the armor of God. We're like soldiers going into battle without a sword. And no wonder we give in so often to these schemes and wiles of the devil. Jesus wants to arm us. And this leads me to the last weapon, even though there's others. You and I, as part of our baptismal heritage, have been given many gifts, but one far greater and beautiful is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, which is connected to the very person of Jesus and therefore has lost none of its power. The name of Jesus. Jesus said, ask in my name. Do this in my name, and I will do it. And so when I am tempted, I can say, in the name of Jesus, I resist this temptation of lust. In the name of Jesus, Satan, be gone. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am not worthy of love and many other lies that the devil tries to make us believe about ourselves. The name of Jesus. Let's use it. It's, it's part of our baptismal heritage, and it has power. So my dear friends, we're going to, in place of the creed, renew our baptismal promises to exercise this baptismal grace, and let us apply this throughout this week whenever you and I experience ourselves being tempted. Amen?